Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. When you think of someone sharing the gospel or thriving in today's society, what kind of person comes to mind? For most of us, we think of someone who's comfortable in a crowd. We may think of someone who doesn't know a stranger and is chock full of intelligent yet accessible responses to questions about their faith and about their life and about what they're passionate about. The person who comes to mind when we think of success, or as an evangelist, is someone usually who has an extroverted personality. But if you're more of an introvert, like me, this image can be really intimidating if we're honest. Can introverts still evangelize and encounter others, even with an aversion to big crowds? Christ didn't start out the Great Commission in Matthew 28 by saying, Therefore, all of you extroverts, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are all called to be missionaries and spread the gospel, regardless of whether we're an extrovert or an introvert. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what it means to be an introvert and how us introverts can thrive in our relationship with ourselves, with God, and with others. I hope you enjoy the show. We're welcoming to the podcast, Sarah Burns. Welcome, welcome. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Who has been our roommate or housemate for the past month. Yeah. It's been down to like the last couple days of you visiting, which is so sad. It is so sad. I really like loved being here and been so special just to like get a whole month like with Chloe. Yeah. Now we're getting down down to the last week and it's been like, oh, here's all these things that we had planned, like these beautiful dreams of doing. And then now we're down to the last days and it's like, what can we cram <laughs> <laughs> to the last few hours that we have together? So having a podcast was one of those things. And here we are knocking things off the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, it worked out perfectly. So it's really good. Yeah. So Sarah is discerning with this beautiful order here in Kansas City, um, which is the reason that we're her host family for the month of June. Yes. Um, can tell us a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman and then your temperament. Yeah. As a Catholic woman, that's such a broad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would say more recently. uh, So I was on the podcast. What was it? A year ago? Yeah. Yeah. Right at the beginning. So since then I've uh, decided to take this step into this volunteer period. Life has definitely changed a lot from (laughs) working a nine to five and kind of having like a quiet stability mm-hmm. to my day to learning how to be super flexible and like different apostolates. Yeah. Um, yeah. Learning how to pray better <laughs> <laughs> um, and more. <laughs> um, both good things. Yeah. Happen to your belt. Both good things. Learning a new language. Italian. Yes. Which Italian. you've gotten to listen to me practice. I haven't picked up any of the words though, which None I it. should have. Like by the immersion. <laughs> the immersion <laughs> of someone else learning a language isn't the same <laughs> as someone else speaking. <laughs> I wish that it worked that way because I would know a lot more than I do now. Yes. But oh, well. You can't get away from the elbow grease. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. So yeah, it's been a very transitional period of my life the last year. Just like getting to the point of that decision and then. Um, stepping into, you know, quitting my job and yeah. So a big leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. That's beautiful. So Sarah and I always joke that we're sisters that have been separated (laughs) (laughs) a couple years between us. And it's just been really neat to live with you and see like, Oh, this is so beautiful. We have a lot in common. Um, one of the things that I think we have in common is a lot of, or a little bit of our personality, um, Mm -hmm. but definitely a little bit more on the introvert side for our personality. So just before we get started, let's, let's define terms. So what is an introvert? I think that I like to think of it very basically as just someone who recharges alone. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that we can go deeper and add layers to that definition, but at its root, it's just someone who recharges alone rather as opposed to an extrovert who recharges always with people and with like that, that intensity of like being with people or like 
experiences. Yeah. I realized that I was an introvert in college. It took me that long. When I came home from parties or from classes and she was like, oh my gosh, I just need to take a nap. Like, I just need <laughs> some alone time. I just need to to think and process through things. And so, yeah, I think a lot of times there's a stereotype of like, oh, introverts are quiet people. Or if you're quiet, you're obviously an introvert. And that's not true. I like that. Yeah. Simple, basic definition. So, yeah. Right. How about you? First time you realized you're an introvert? Oh, gosh. I think... I probably it was in high school, right? Of just realizing, wow, I would rather be alone sometimes than with people. And books are nice. Yes, like, it's true. Yeah. And I think, you know, like some temperaments lend themselves more to certain hobbies. So like you and I both more introverted, both love to read. Yep. I think you see that a lot. Um, I would say in high school, but definitely in college, just realizing, wow, all of the stimulus, which I was a music major, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about like an overstimulated field, like just sensory everything all the time. Just being so exhausted by it, loving it. Yeah. But yeah, just really needing to make sure I was intentional about stepping away and getting some time alone. Nice. Nice. How has your introverted personality or that aspect of your personality affected your relationship with with yourself, with God, with other people? Have you seen that like transition as you've gone, as, as you've grown, as you become more aware of who you are and as your personality? Teresa Vavala talks about the importance of self-knowledge yes. in your spiritual journey. And that's definitely been true in my journey. Um, I think that coming to a good, healthy understanding of introversion and realizing that it's not a weakness yes. was very key to, to my growth. Um, because I think, especially in our culture, like, I mean, we look at extroverts and they're like this drawn outgoing mm-hmm. leaders usually. Um, and our whole culture is kind of oriented towards that. And it's been better lately because I think there is a lot more of uh, expression of like what introversion is and how it, it can be a good strength. But I think just like understanding that piece and starting to recognize it as a strength and not a weakness was really helpful to me. Um, because I think that initially especially when I was kind of in high school and college, like that age and wanting to fit in, it felt a little bit shameful to like not have as much energy or not to be fed in the same ways, or really just not to enjoy certain things as much. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so that, that was important for me with my relationship with myself uh, to get to that place of acceptance with God. I actually think, I mean, and this starts to tie into the four temperaments a little bit. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit easier for an introvert to go into that relationship with the Lord because silence is so important um, to enter deeply into relationship with God. So being able to, like, for example, like being one-on-one with a person is a lot easier for an introvert than an extrovert who can, who wants the big crowd, who likes all the bells and the whistles and the noise and the lights and the, you know, which is <laughs> cool. Hey, production. Yeah, which is beautiful. Um, but it can be harder to strip it down mm-hmm. to one-on-one interaction and go deep. Um, and it's just the same, I think, in prayer life. I think it's easier for an introvert to enter into like a place of contemplation. I mean, a lot of my extroverted friends are very honest in a very beautiful way of like, that's really hard to enter into silence. Like silence is scary for me. Mm-hmm. So I think too, just like, being open to that relationship with God has also shown me how introversion can be a strength too. So it's kind of like a two sides of the coin kind of thing. Yeah. And then with others, um, yeah, so that's more complicated. <laughs> turns out humans are really messy. <laughs> yeah. Introverted and extroverted varieties. <laughs> yes. So that's where it, it definitely gets messy. So mm-hmm. for myself, um, 
I think that I have to be careful not to use I'm introverted as an excuse for being a coward and just not (laughs) putting myself out there or being very selfish and like, I really am reading a good book. I mean, it has nothing to do with my capacity. It's just like, this is really good and I want to be here. Yep. Um, So those are kind of how my character flaws come up. And then with friendships, I think I do have some close friends who I just, I love dearly, who are very, very extroverted. And I think that that can be a place of tension Mm -hmm. because they just truly do not understand how I do not have more to give sometimes. And I truly don't understand how they can keep going. How they still have (laughs) plenty to give. (laughs) How? How is this even possible? It's not fair. Um, So there can be that place of just talking past each other, Mm -hmm. um, which can be really painful in a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a place of growth of like really learning how to accept the other person um, and yeah, just to grow in communication. <laughs> <laughs> How is it you're discerning? Mm-hmm. What's it been like for this volunteer year as an introvert, but also discerning a community? Oh, that's a good question. So I'm only, you know, a couple months into it so mm-hmm. far. Um, what I have discovered is inviting the Holy Spirit into anything I'm doing is always going to make it better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so... If I was totally in charge of my my schedule, I would probably say, you know what, I don't really have this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just learning to act in out of intention and out of selflessness, and to be present, and then to find other places in my day where I can kind of, you know, have a little bit more silence, and starting to learn how. Okay, well, if I know I'm doing this tonight and I need to be present for the students or whoever we're engaging, that's great and that's beautiful. Um, but I know I'm going to need to take some time maybe earlier in the day just to kind of pause and rest. And the rhythm of prayer yep. in community life I was just gonna say that. is they like balance so well. Yeah, it's so helpful. Yeah. So helpful. And so I've loved seeing your schedule with your prayer life and how as an introvert who's discerning a community mm-hmm. and the amount of time that is encouraged to pray, mm-hmm. how you have alone time built into your schedule, but you're alone with the Lord. Right. And so you have silence but it's prayer mm-hmm. and being able to recharge that. That's just so beautiful. I love that balance. Yeah, no, it is really good. And cause I was a little concerned, um, about that mm-hmm. for myself. Cause it's like, wow, they, they move quickly yeah. and they do yeah. a lot. Um, but yeah, just having that four hours of prayer being a constant, your first priority every day really mm-hmm. gives a lot of like stability there. And I think too, um, you know, just that Catholic perspective of what it means to be alone. Yeah. It's very different from like the Eastern perspective, right? And, and I think you and I have talked about this before in like meditation, right? Yeah. So if we're made in the image and likeness of God, you know, Trini- the Trinity, yes. right? So there's like that we're called to be in community. We're made in the image of com- true community, like right. the fullness of what community is, which is the Trinity. So I think that it's important even recognizing okay, yeah, I'm an introvert, but that doesn't mean that I'm called to be alone Mm -hmm. or I'm called to isolation. It just means you need more silence in your life. Right. Right. Um, So I think that having that daily prayer that is quiet, it's silence, but it's silence with the Lord is a really beautiful way to kind of enter into that side of my personality. Yeah. Um, Because the alternative is over here in kind of that Eastern tradition of like, Meditation where you're kind of pushing everything out and just creating right. that space of emptiness, which is not what we're called to. Yeah. Because I think otherwise, again, like I do think that introversion can lead it easily into that selfishness. Mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, I mean, even your alone time really shouldn't be all about you, right? Yeah, yeah. You talked about earlier how it's easy in some ways to fall into the trap of using being an introvert as kind of like an excuse for a fear or an excuse for selfishness. Do you have, for those of us who are introverts, myself included, who loves to learn throughout this podcast, because usually the one that I need, usually the one that we're recording is the one that I need to listen to. Um, (laughs) Because it's funny, Jesus, how he works that way. But do you have any, from your own story, tips and hints for practical ways to overcome that desire to just use like, no, I'm an introvert. Like, I don't want to go out tonight. Or no, I'm an introvert. I don't, I don't want to spend time with someone who I've committed to. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I'm, I'm afraid to go to this. Do you have any tips for how to get past that point of using introversion kind of as a shield mm-hmm. or mask. Sure. So I think that part of it, if, if this is a struggle for you, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of spiritual direction. Yep. So I think that inviting someone into that and learning some tips for like how to discern, okay, is this coming out of a place of real need or is this coming out of a place of, I just, yeah, just selfish mm-hmm. is really helpful. Um, and that's been really helpful for me of just learning how to kind of judge where I'm at. Like, is this just like, Am I just exhausted from my day, from everything else that I'm doing? And then learning to be prudent with how to schedule out your week, right? Yeah. So if you're over scheduling yourself consistently, like you're just setting yourself up for failure. But if you learned how to have that balance of, okay, I know myself and I know that I can handle X number of like social engagements a week. And, you know, you're having a normal week, nothing extra has come up and you're just not wanting to make that sacrifice. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that, but I think, um, yeah, just making sure you're being very intentional about how you're scheduling is really helpful. And then I would just say, yeah, if it's, if it's coming out of a place of fear, that's something to bring to prayer. Mm -hmm. Why am I afraid? But sometimes it's just a matter of like, I don't want to show up and let myself be seen. Right. Right. And why do I have that fear? Just mm-hmm. prayer and spiritual direction, inviting someone else into the decision-making process sometimes helps. Yeah. So that, yeah. It's just a matter of that self-knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the biggest point is just like knowing yourself, knowing your limits and your boundaries mm-hmm. and having that awareness. Because if not, you're just going to be constantly, oh, let me just cram my schedule full and see my breaking point. Right. I just <laughs> not, I've done that too. Yeah. The least healthy thing you can do um, as an introvert. Yeah. That's not a healthy way to go about it. And so knowing your limits and to not being ashamed of those either. Right. Which um, we talked about how like being an introvert isn't a bad thing. And I think because of kind of the stereotypical person we see successful in today's world is usually mm-hmm. an extrovert who is really good at networking and is really good at, you know, being around people all the time. Um, there's the shame of like, but I'm not like that. And so it's easy to sink into this fear of like, because I'm inadequate, because I'm not worthy, because I don't have a place here. And that's not true. But when you have this awareness and we, um, our women's group has been reading like the beloved right. and how, when you find your identity as the beloved and you are confident in the way that you've been made and the truths that the Lord has like sung over your mm-hmm. life, because he didn't make you an introvert by accident. Like you weren't supposed to be an extrovert and he forgot to leave that part out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> although sometimes like it can feel that way because of what the world seems to value in personality. But yeah, there's no shame in being an introvert. It's not a bad thing. And being aware of yourself and your limits isn't because you're inadequate and you can't go to that party because you're so exhausted and you should be gushing and you should be there. You should be past this because that was me in college. I remember going to like even things like great things, like events at the Catholic campus center. Mm-hmm. I was like, why don't I want to be here? I'm so like, this is something that I desire, but I'd had all of this interaction with 
class and work and being present to all those that by the time that I would get to it at the end, it was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be here because I'm so like mentally exhausted. And so just being self-aware right. so that on the days, so that when I plan my schedule for classes, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't need to take a Wednesday evening class. That's not going to be good. Right. Um, and so, yeah, just that interior awareness of knowing yeah. yourself and knowing your limits. And re- yeah, I like that you're talking about limits because I think, I mean, when I started spiritual direction yeah. um, a few years ago, one of the first things my spiritual director told me is you have to sleep X amount of, of hours every night. Yeah. I was like, say what now? I'm sorry, <laughs> that's a spiritual director. Excuse me. She's like, yeah. She's like, you're not going to be able to balance your life or your emotions. Right. If you're not getting enough sleep and you're not getting enough sleep. It's like, oh. And what was so humbling about that is that was such a life-changing experience because yeah. I just getting enough sleep like changed my um, my schedule so much. <laughs> In a very healthy way. Yeah. Like, I think that I respected myself and my um, limitations so much better um, and spent my time so much more intentionally. Right. Uh, in that way. Yeah. I think that not forgetting. I mean, sometimes it's not necessarily even I don't want to be at this party. It's physically like, yeah, you're just yeah. not taking care of yourself the way that you need to, which isn't necessarily even an introvert extrovert issue. It's It's just humankind. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be better at self care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about sleep. I've been told by spiritual directors, like you need to have a set eating schedule. Yeah. Like you need to make sure you eat at a certain time because when I do overstuff my schedule and I'm trying to live up to people's expectations of like, Oh, she should have it all together. Mm -hmm. She should fit this box. That the first person to go on the back burner is not like all these like over excessive appointments. It's me. Like I don't sleep. I don't eat. Um, and all these things. And so, yeah, just no, it goes back to that, like interior awareness of, and exterior awareness. Like I'm hungry. My body's talking to me. Right. <laughs> I and need you, to eat. <laughs> you're just so busy. You don't even register, which right. is not healthy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cause I got into the point in college and it's easy for me to still slip into like even mm-hmm. past college of like getting so busy that your body's just like, what food, what is food? Mm-hmm. I don't know what food is. You're not hungry. And having to retrain even your physical body to be in own awareness of who you are and your personality and your needs yeah. as a human being. I think another thing, um, in terms of just tips, I think that people who are introverted tend towards being very analytical Mm -hmm. and sometimes that can go into being overly analytical. Yep. And if you're always kind of like it, (laughs) okay. For myself, I get to the point where, oh wow, I'm exhausted and I'm really tired and I have so much going on. Oh my gosh, I have so much going on. And then it's just like this tape in my head. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I have this going on. I did all this yesterday. I have all this to do today. I have all this to do tomorrow. And then I'm just living in my head of like processing how overwhelmed I am. It's not been a hundred percent good thing. So I'm not saying that I recommend this, but kind of like, I've just not been putting things into my schedule, Mm -hmm. which has meant that I've forgotten some things. Sometimes it backfires. Still working on the technique here, but hey, it's been very helpful to like step away from the planner, step away from yes. the Google calendar. Mm-hmm. Like I'm called literally to be right here in this moment doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what I did 10 minutes ago. It doesn't matter what I'm going to do in 10 minutes. Right. And just starting to practice that I am in the present. I am living in the present mm-hmm. has been very helpful for me and just like kind of lifting up that wow, I, I can't be present to this person because I'm just so tired or right. I don't want to be here or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I found a lot more joy even just in social engagements right. that I might necessarily, not necessarily enjoyed before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's been helpful for me. Yeah. You're definitely, yeah, you're definitely not the only one. Usually when I'm like overwhelmed, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? Write a list <laughs> of everything that I have to get done 
in the next 24 hours. That way I can just see. I can just see what I need to do. Because once I see it, I'll be able to attack, like, certain And parts. then you end up adding 50 things oh that my you God. don't actually have to do. No, because you're <laughs> writing. You're like, well, I'm already writing. Like, might as well add these things that I should have done, like, you know, three weeks ago. But Because it's on, it's on a list. And then you sit there and you're just overwhelmed on top of the fact that you've lost time because you had to write this dang list. <laughs> yeah. It isn't helping you. <laughs> and then you just added, like, <laughs> like, I'm such a list person that'll add dumb things, like water the plants like this is something that's like normally in my everyday schedule that i don't even like think about and it's like why am i adding this to the list is it because you know what am i trying to prove here just going back to that like you do not have to prove you don't have to prove your personality right or prove your worthiness like your worthiness isn't like oh look at all these things that i've checked i'm so on top oh, of it it's so hard <laughs> it's so, so counter our culture it is it mm-hmm. is and really i love that just being present in the moment because especially as an introvert because one-on-ones are where we thrive or majority of, of introverts thrive on one-on-ones that ability to be present in the moment like just overflows right into like those conversations when we're talking to people and it shows because we're actually able to be present absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. So, We've been talking a lot about relationships with people comes to evangelization. Mm. How specifically, what are the strengths of introverts when it comes to evangelization? The one-on-ones. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think that even in those situations of being in a crowd, if you are an introvert who can engage parties or, yeah, you know, the extroverted kind mm-hmm. of scene, which I think every introvert is capable of doing. It yep. just might take a while to kind of figure out like how your personal technique to right. managing all that. Right. Um, but once you get to that point, I think we still are really have a special gift of like seeing the other person. Yes. So I've noticed that in my own life of like, I can go to a party with, you know, maybe not everyone in the room, but like at least a few people and my super extroverted friends have a great time and they, I think everyone loves them. Mm -hmm. They don't come away with like phone numbers or, you know, connections that, Oh, we're going to go back and have like an intentional conversation. Right. Um, and extroverts certainly can cultivate that as well. And I know some who do that really, really beautifully. Um, but I think that it's just a little bit more innate to just look someone in the eyes and be like, I see you and I want to hear your story. Yeah. And I think that's honestly, I'm really happy that I have that. Like, yeah. And I don't have to learn that because I have so many other things I need to learn. <laughs> Italian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One on ones, get down. Yeah, get down. Yeah, I remember when we first moved to Kansas City, like the big city on a hill event that draws the most people is Tuesdays at the Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in KC, what it looks like is this beautiful mass with tons of young adults and like 200 plus. Like this is one of the biggest events of, the, of, the, of every other month. And then afterward, you head over to the Boulevard, which is a local brewery, and you eat dinner and drink good beer and chat with friends. And the first time that we went to this was right after college. I was still trying to get my, like, post-college feet underneath me. Mm-hmm. And I sunk right back into that, like, freshman year, Chloe, where it's like, I have to know everyone. If I don't leave this not encountering every single person here, I have failed. Yeah. And especially in that desire of, like, I'm in a new city. I'm in, like, we just got married. I'm in this new vocation. I just want to be seen. I just want to be seen by a community. And I remember that first one, just leaving, feeling so small and, like, unseen, just because like, it was easy to get lost in the crowd, especially someone who's new. Yeah. Um, and, and you're so short. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and half the people just probably looked over my head anyway. <laughs> Physically and spiritually. I feel so tiny. <laughs> but, like, the beauty of seeing, like, we went to one, it was two months ago, because there's another one in July. And just being like, I have my, like, my little posse. There are women who I've encountered through small groups or just one-on-one conversations away from this huge event. That when I go there, it's like, I don't think I met anyone new tonight. Not because those people aren't worth encountering. Absolutely right. not. But because I really know that I thrive 
and sitting down with someone and asking like, Hey, how are you really doing? And so just being like, Hey, everybody, how are you? Right. And, and that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And there, like you said, there are people there who will go and leave with, Oh, I've seen everybody and I've sat at every table and it's so fantastic, which is not a bad thing for mm-hmm. them. If they're an extrovert, but just with that self-knowledge of knowing like, I'm not, I'm going to leave exhausted if I do that. Right. I'd rather feel, leave feeling filled. Well, and I think that there's a complementarity between like yes. extroverts and introverts when it comes to evangelization. Cause I'm, when I was helping with the small, sorry, the young adult group back, yeah. back home, um, some of the leaders were very extroverted and really good at like drawing people in from different parishes. Mm-hmm. But then some of us were very introverted and really good at like, Hey, let's form relationships. Let's get you in the small groups. Let's right. make this more of like a lasting thing mm-hmm. instead of, Oh yeah, we went to a couple, you know, events or whatever. And it was really great, but kind of, you know, right. so I think when you pair that, like that big personality up front with people who are a little bit more about building mm-hmm. something with longevity, um, that can be really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Especially that combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just recognizing, yeah, everyone has a place in like this, this big yeah. world of evangelizing. Yes. We all have gifts. Yeah. What's your opinion on personality tests? Oh, personality <laughs> tests. So I am, again, Teresa Vavala, self-knowledge, yep. baby. Like I'm all for it. But again, I don't think we are called to put ourselves in a box and stagnate. Um, I think we are called to know ourselves so that we can grow in virtue. Right. Um, so for me, like, honestly, the temp- the four temperaments are, are very helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like on the fence as to what my four temperament, whatever <laughs> is right now. A fourth of each. <laughs> I'm kind of in this place of transition where I'm kind of learning to know myself in a new way. Right. But, um, my Myers-Briggs was like spot on. <laughs> and I think that it's helpful for me because like for one of, one of the things that I definitely am is like super idealistic. Mm-hmm. And that was really playing out in my last job of just feeling like I was coming up against a wall every day of just my ideals not being met. Right. And recognizing, you know what, like I have a good job and I do a good work, mm-hmm. but this is not the field that's going to like fill my heart. Right. 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 Um, I need something that is more, you know, honed towards like who God made me to be. Um, like, you know, maybe being a religious sister. Jury's out. We'll find out. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Join us next spring for episode three. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, it's, it's helpful to see, okay, am I going in a direction that makes sense for who God made me to be? Mm -hmm. But I, don't think it's good when you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm melancholic. So that explains away all of my faults. And I'll also have all these awesome virtues. So I just, (laughs) I'm pretty okay with it, with where I'm at right now. No, it's like, okay, if this is my primary tendency, this is my, these are the gifts that I need to continue to sharpen and hone and be grateful for and to use for the kingdom. And these are the weaknesses that I need to continue to chip away at slowly. And I think people have different kind of, perspectives on the temperaments. I kind of think that, yeah, we have our predominant ones or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think, you know, Jesus had all of them in perfect like measure. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that we're called to kind of bring them all to the center a little bit more. Right. But that's my personal opinion. I could be really wrong. (laughs) It's happened before. (laughs) What about you? Um, Temperaments, Myers-Briggs. I'm a big Myers-Briggs fan. Yeah. I was huge into Myers-Briggs in college. Like, just, like, trying to figure people out and, like, hey, what mm-hmm. do you think? What do I think that they are? Where do I think they fall? Um, I had a friend who introduced me to the test in college. And he was like, I bet you're a blank. And he, like, knew them, like, 
front and back and like all these different like beauty and different qualities of different people. I think the problem comes out when you find that as your identity. Well, I'm an INFJ, so blah, 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 blah. And that obviously means this and this. And like the reality is, is that those tests are, if used correctly, in my opinion, again, it's something to like get to know yourself better. Right. Or like to know, I love that, like get to know your faults and your strengths because you're going to come up in situations like because we interact in a world that isn't like perfectly like in tune to who we are and our personality we're going to have to interact in situations that we are uncomfortable in. Right. And a lot of times we're like pushed into them. Yeah. And so knowing that your strengths, but also knowing that like, if you're in a situation that doesn't necessarily play up to your strengths, that doesn't mean that you're left floundering and you can't uh, interact with those. And so I think, yeah, it's not an identity. It's a way to know yourself better and a no way to know others better too. And not in a way that's like, well, you're an extrovert. So that means that obviously you'd never want to have a one-on-one with me. Like, let me just right, put you no. in a box. No, it's definitely not true. No, but yeah. And it's just a way to like, to love them better. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I know this is their strength. So in the process of loving them and encountering them, like being able to interact with that strength um, so that they yeah feel seen yeah. in that way. And I think it's important too not to look at just like, okay, here's this bucket over here called introverts. And here's this bucket over here called mm-hmm. extroverts. It's like a sliding scale. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I, I think we tend to just look at things very black and white. Mm-hmm. Very few things in life are black and white. Very slim. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just like a sliding scale. Yes. And the scale, honestly, I think can slide back and forth for people. Cause I, yeah. I've been in periods of life where I'm a lot more extroverted because mm-hmm. of circumstances and that's a good place for me. And I've been in places where just everything, whether it's just like my schedule or my study or whatever, is right. letting me more towards that introversion. Um, and that's all okay. Yeah. It's okay to change and be flexible. Yeah. I think there's such a freedom in that, especially which goes against this whole like, well, I'm an INFJ and that's what I will be. And like, I will hold on to this identity for the rest of my life. Yeah. And more than, you know, there are going to be times where there is an extrovert switch that you switch on. And it's not because you're, I'm, oh, I'm betraying my identity. No, it's because you're growing or you're learning something or you're interacting with a situation where you know that that fits. Are you an INFJ? I am an INFJ. Are you looking up yours? Yeah. <laughs> the great reveal. We'll find out how. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you I an was INFJ like, too? of course, of course oh, we're the same, same. We're sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Just proving the fact that we are this. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. How do you live out the feminine genius as an introverted woman? Ooh. I like this. Mm-hmm. So I've been leading a study on the feminine genius this yes. month, and it's been really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our four aspects, receptivity, sensitivity, generosity, and um, maternity. maternity. Specifically as an introvert, mm-hmm. I think that sensitivity is probably the easiest one to yep. like really just mm-hmm. pinpoint and go for. Because, you again, like we have that gift of seeing the other person. Right. Um, and I think people who are more introverted tend to be like, again, it's a sliding scale, but tend to be more towards, um, being a sensitive person, um, being a little bit more connected to their heart maybe. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a good place where it's just like, it's easy to live out that feminine genius and to see the other person respond to their needs. Um, and then I think. Probably receptivity is yeah. the second one. That was my guess too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The second one, just because I think that we're more maybe in tuned to like our interior life mm-hmm. and what we need. Right. So receiving that, that's going to be more of a, a, a need that's to the forefront of our minds instead of kind of in the back, you know? Yeah. That, that interior awareness. And then generosity. It's probably the one we struggle with the yes, most. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Generosity of time. Yep. Of, presence mm-hmm. um, 
I don't know what to say there, except that one can be really hard. We're striving. Yeah. There are good days and bad. Good days and bad. <laughs> but that's, again, I mean, part of the beauty of all the temperaments is you have things that you are naturally strong at and you have things that God is calling you to virtue in. Right. And that is a place of calling to virtue. So I would say that's probably the struggle. And then maternity, like spiritual mater- maternity, yep. I think that introvertedness can really lend itself to you, like through spiritual direction or... Um, however you're living that out as a religious or consecrated woman Mm -hmm. physical maternity i think that that is at least from my own kind of contemplation that seems like it would be far more difficult just knowing moms who are introverts and how do you make time that you need to recharge and to pray and to to be fully present to your family especially if you have a lot of kids Um, yeah especially when they're little mm -hmm. and they're not as self-sufficient yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that there's just such a beauty. Like I have some friends who are introverted mothers yeah. who just completely pour out their lives. I mean, that generosity yes. of just like, okay, like I maybe don't have this in me, but I am called to do this. And I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Which is very convicting for me who, you know, I don't have children yeah. and yeah, it's a very good witness to remind me to be generous as well. Thanks for living with us for the past month. Thanks for, oh <laughs> thank you for your generosity. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for just all the beautiful opportunities that you've given me to like grow in, in virtue and being around you. So. Oh, yeah. Being around me definitely will make you grow in virtue. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I know, but it's been really beautiful. Like um, before you came and lived with us, there was this, Lord, I know that you're calling me to dive into spiritual maternity more. Mm-hmm. And like, please show me opportunities and places that I can be a spiritual mother. And having you here has been really beautiful because she's giving me the time to encounter someone one-on-one on like a really beautifully consistent. I see you every day. Yeah. Spirit is working. Yeah, I know. It's been beautiful for me to receive. It's been beautiful to see like my little sister kind of step into that kind of mother role and make my coffee every morning. (laughs) (laughs) I really received that fully. (laughs) To the fullest extent. (laughs) Beautiful. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I want to give a quick shout out to a friend here in the Kansas City area, Goose. Goose, you first introduced me to the Myers-Briggs test back in college, and that personality test has helped me learn more about myself and others. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please share it with a woman in your life, whether they're an introvert or an extrovert. Then head over to oldfashionedgirlblog.com and check out the show notes for this week's episode. There you're going to find resources about self-care, being present in the moment, and links to the personality quizzes Sarah and I mentioned. You'll also find more about the concept of spiritual motherhood. If you have a few minutes, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes so that other women can find this resource. And that's all I have for this week. But until our next episode together, be not afraid.